and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am super excited to have cardiologist Dr. Jack Wolfson on our program today. I met him on TikTok, I believe, and social media, and he is a cardiologist that is against statins. As you know, uh, my wife and I are both pharmacists who are against statins, and we've shared data, we've shared some rational thoughts about them. And we've had other cardiologists on our on our podcast about um, statins and and how they've actually failed to prevent cardiovascular disease. So I'm super excited to have Dr. Wolfson on today, and we're going to talk mountain biking too. So without further ado, Dr. Wolfson, welcome to our show. Thanks so much, Sean and Janet. Appreciate uh, being on. Uh, uh, great stuff, and uh, just I'm, I'm so happy to connect with like-minded people who are awake in this crazy world to know, you know, what's going on and really trying to fight against, uh, you know, the mainstream agenda, whether it's, uh, I mean, it just, it's certainly from a pharmaceutical standpoint, again, I'm excited to share my truth. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, um, history and training and then what brought you to, to be against statins. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a board certified cardiologist like my father before me. I went through you know four years of medical school, three years internal medicine, three years of cardiology, and then I was on the job in the biggest group in the state of uh, Arizona as a you know hospital based cardiologist doing all the procedures and all the stuff that cardiologists do. And at that time, um, my father, who was my hero, he was uh, he was becoming sick, and he would eventually. Uh, be diagnosed with a Parkinson's-like illness called progressive supranuclear palsy. And uh, we take him to the Mayo Clinic where he would ultimately get that diagnosis. And the Mayo Clinic says, we have no idea what caused this and we've got no treatment for him and he will die within three years. And then serendipitously, I'm introduced to this young woman who uh, is a doctor of chiropractic. And she tells me exactly why my father is sick and dying and you know, again, explaining all the, you know, the food, the lifestyle, uh, all the toxins, all the things that go into sickness. And it really was an epiphany moment for me uh, as far as what was going on with my father, what was going on in my current, you know, cardiology practice. And what she said to me bluntly was, you need to become a DC. And I said, wait a second, you want me to become a DC doctor of chiropractic? And she said, no. DC doctor of cause. You have to get to the cause of why people get sick when you have the cause and reverse it. Now you have the cure. And then unfortunately I was too late to save my father, uh, but uh, I'm here to change the world in so much of a better way. And one thing I'll, I'll wrap that you know final point on is that my father did take uh, statin drugs. Uh, uh, and um, I believe that is one of the many factors, but certainly one of the factors that liquefied his brain. And I can even get to the, and we, we can even dive into some of the science uh, of why I have that, that belief. Well, for one thing, cholesterol is concentrated in the brain and we need cholesterol to live. Uh, we will die without it. And statins decrease cholesterol. And I think a lot of dementia, I think a lot of Parkinson's syndrome-like diseases are related to statins. I really honestly do, and lowering their cholesterol. And, you know, statins were one of the first drugs. <clears throat> My wife and I are both pharmacists, and it was probably one of the first drugs that we really started questioning. <clears throat> and one of the reasons why was because we really thought rationally about it. It's like, wait a minute. Cholesterol is in every cell in the body, and we need it to stay alive. And we're going to vilify cholesterol. Um, and then you start thinking, you know, after statins has been out for 25 years, 
wait a minute, Stan's been out for 25 years and cardiovascular disease is at an all-time high. Fast forward 10 more years, they've been out 35 years now, and cardiovascular disease is killing more Americans than it ever has, correct? Yeah, most certainly. And I, I think I've actually gone on record saying that statin drugs kill millions of people. Now, where would someone come up with that from, you know, based on the literature? Well, here's the way I think about it, John. I'm sure you guys do as well, is that statins provided that false sense of security. So now you've got millions of people who eat McDonald's cookies and cupcakes while they're swallowing yeah. their statins. They've basically been told that that, you know, that <clears throat> that lifestyle is OK. And ultimately, it's led to their death because looking at the statin data, if we say that statins for primary prevention, according to their data, lowers the risk of having a heart attack from you know 3% on an annual basis to 2.8%, uh, we've failed 2.8% of people. And therefore, 2.8% of the people have died. And ultimately, over time, that adds up to millions of people who died uh, because of the false premise of statin drugs. Well, I know 20-some years ago when Jan and I changed our practice, um, it's kind of about what you're talking about. A gal talked to Janet and called her, and Janet had been taking care of her for a while, and she was in her 50s and morbidly obese. And she was on, you know, the gamut of meds, 20 different medications for diabetes, for cholesterol, um, hypertension, all that stuff. And she was thanking Janet based on her deathbed and saying, well, thank you for taking care of me. And I just want to let you know that I ate myself to death. And, and we just had a, that just hit us really hard. And we thought, wait a minute, we're not really fixing anybody's problems. We're just covering these symptoms up with drugs as they continue to live a bad lifestyle. So what we're doing was not working and we didn't feel very um, good about it. Um, so that's when we made some changes and, and you're right. I mean, you know, you, you said <clears throat> that doctor of chiropractic that said, you know, you need to look at diet and lifestyle for, for these kind of things. And it's like, it's amazing. We in medicine in traditional medicine have to be told that, right? <laughs> I mean, it should be rather obvious. Yeah. It's, I mean, but you know, as you know, the medical training is totally controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industry in 2023 will surpass $1.5 trillion in revenue. When you look at Lipitor, <clears throat> it's the number one uh, selling drug of all time, statin drugs, number one class of drugs, you know, as far as uh, you know, revenue generation. And it's just based on just a foundation of, of lies and inadequacies and it's it's extremely um, unfortunate, but you know that's just the way the medical industry has been controlled since 1910. Rockefeller uh, and the Flexner report, the whole thing, you know, with that condemning and uh, you know destroying holistic practitioners, and therefore, yeah, that's why you talk to the medical doctors, and uh, you know, there's zero uh, you know training to be had about nutrition. I don't know about you and your your pharmacy training and your pharma, <clears throat> um, you know, your training of what you went through, and I didn't know that you guys go through extensive, extensive, very in depth. Uh, educational, you know, for your program of what you guys do. I'll throw it back to you. I mean, how much time did you guys spend talking about nutrition? Almost zero about nutrition. We did have one class, one day, an hour lecture, 50 minute lecture, <clears throat> excuse me, about, um, you know, vitamins and, and minerals and um, supplements. And the professor was kind of a smart aleck about it and, and, and really poo pooed it. 
that wanted to educate us on it. So, but, but did we talk about diet and lifestyle and actually, you know, eating whole foods or, you know, anything? Like, no, not at all. I mean, I would imagine, I, I don't remember back, but I would imagine the, the anti-red meat thing came up, the low fat thing came up, um, you know, about diet nutrition, maybe, because I, I did believe in that in the eighties and nineties. So I imagine that came up, um, but about really, truly, you know, how to, how to maximize your, your body by, you know, lifestyle, diet, exercise, sleep, not even maybe it was all about drug therapy. And of course I'm a pharmacist, so not a surprise, but also look at medical schools, look at pharmacy schools, who is the number one contributor to their, to the schools as far as funding pharmaceutical companies. I mean, hands down. Yeah. The, uh, you know, American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, all the medical journals, it's, it's an article and then it's ads and then it's articles and it's ads, every television show, um, you know, every, uh, every news broadcast and stuff like that. It's just all over, you know, the place. And I guess to your point that, you know, if you're entering into pharmacy school, you're probably only in, there's a, a large portion, portion of the people there that they don't want to hear about anything else except for how to be a pharmacist. Right. I mean, I'm here in, in pharmacy school it's not nutrition school uh it's not lifestyle school uh it's not vitamin and mineral and supplement school it's 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 pharmacy school and i think uh, even the medical doctors in a lot of those ways are like i, I don't want to hear about that uh and i remember one of the most uh, exciting days uh, of, of my life was was when I wrote that first prescription, you know, when you, you know, just, you know, you wrote the, you know, wrote the whole thing out and you signed your name to it. And it's, it's like, oh, you're like an official doctor right. because you're a prescriber. And it's just, it's all part of the mindset. It's unfortunate. And again, we, you know, we're here to reverse it, but I, I let me, I do, cause I don't want to forget this point. I want to circle back about, uh, you know, about statins and that's in this aspect. And of course I know you guys know this, but just for the, for the listeners, that when you inhibit the HMG-CoA reductase enzyme, which is what statin drugs do, that again blocks that particular enzyme from functioning. It's called again, it's called HMG-CoA reductase. Doesn't matter what the enzyme is, you know, and in that particular area. But what happens? What's more concerning is the downstream effects of blocking that enzyme. Well, one of the things that's the downstream or as you block that enzyme, you're going to reduce the production of cholesterol, which is allegedly the, the, the purpose of, of that drug. Now you're also, most people do know that are in the health related space, you block coenzyme Q10 that is also affected by the downstream effects of blocking that HMG enzyme. And then you, there's other things. Prenylated proteins would be one of them. Another one is called heme A, and heme A is in the mitochondria as part of cytochrome C oxidase, the fourth uh, uh, chromosome, and the fourth, <clears throat> excuse me, the fourth cytochrome in that pathway to make cellular energy in that electron transport chain to make uh, intracellular water, to make uh, ATP all the things that are necessary for energy uh, and cellular uh, function, you block that because you don't have that protein called heme A, which again is part of that uh, cytochrome apparatus. And then also, as it relates to my father, you also block the production of dolacol. And dolacol is a unique steroid-like molecule that is produced in that whole process by HMG-CoA reductase. So Dolacol, the number one location where Dolacol has 
a molecule exists is in the substantia nigra of the midbrain. And the substantia nigra, that is the movement area. That is that whole coordination area. So people with Parkinson's, people with progressive supranuclear palsy and other movement disorders, I would ask you if we are reducing the amount of dolicol and therefore dolicol is reduced in the substantia nigra, you're going to have substantia nigra based disorders of which Parkinson's and PSP are those. And then also what's interesting, what also impacts dolicol production in that area is alcohol. And my father was a significant drinker. And as I say, there's no sob story to my father's drinking when he drank. He was the life of the party. Uh, he was the joke teller, the storyteller. The only sob story about my father's drinking is that he's dead. Right. And, and you know, we say it often on our podcast. Alcohol is a poison, period, um, in, in any amount. Um, you know, our body has to deal with it as a poison. So, <clears throat> you know, also on that. So when you decrease it production of cholesterol you talked about a steroid but let's talk about the steroid hormones the sex hormones so all the sex hormones progesterone estradiol testosterone they have a cholesterol backbone um pregnenolone at the very top of that cholesterol um production hormone production cascade pregnenolone is at the very top and pregnenolone is very commonly associated with brain health um but estradiol testosterone progesterone all the benefits of those with bone, cardiac function, um, you know, and if you don't have those, then you're not going to be as, as healthy. I mean, let's just think there's even a, um, a theory, and I think it's more than this. I think there's more to the story than cholesterol. I don't think it's cholesterol is causing cardiovascular disease. It might be a, a marker or maybe a, a red flag of inflammation, possibly, um, but also as we age, our hormone levels go down, our sex hormone levels go down. So if it's produced from cholesterol, maybe one of the theories is, is that we're trying to hold on to more cholesterol to produce more hormones. Cause we want to, we want to maximize our body with hormones. That's one of the theories also. Um, and, and lowering it with the cholesterol medications is, is going to make everything worse. Yeah, you know, the, the data on, on uh, statin drugs and, and testosterone, for example, does, at least on, on a population basis, from what the information that they're telling us, uh, does not appear to cause significant changes in testosterone levels. And, and I, I don't know if you think contrary to that or not, but the, the things I've read, uh, again, don't really show that on a population basis. But to the individual, when you're work, working with individuals, who are suffering with, with low testosterone or hormonal abnormalities, and they're on statin drugs, I think it always benefits us to take a look at that situation and say, well, you know, on a population basis, if you take, if you look at 10,000 people, there may not be an impact, but to the individual, there could be an impact. And that's a great opportunity to say, hey, listen, let's try life without statin drugs. Uh, we really don't think there's any cardiac benefits, so we're not, we don't, we don't have to keep you on it. Uh, and therefore, let's see what happens with your hormonal levels uh, again, without you know, without being impeded uh, with uh, you know with, with drug. Yeah. So, what 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 kind of pushback have you had from your colleagues for having a stance like this? I imagine pretty significant. 
Well, you know, listen, you and I, you and I got uh, got together, uh, you know, most recently on social media because I think you were kind of, you know, helping to defend me at one of my posts. And again, uh, you know, prof- you know, a professional like you coming in and how we support each other obviously goes a long way because uh, the all all the different entities against us, uh, you know, exist, and all the medical doctors who are caught in their own paradigm. You know, they'll, they'll fight, you know, against us, you know, tooth and nail because it just goes along. You know, it just it kind of breaks down their entire foundation of, of their career, of their of their livelihood and really just calls into question their whole like, I mean, really you know, professional existence. So, you know, that being said, I mean, I've had a lot of people, you know, come against me, <clears throat> excuse me you know, come against me, um, uh, you know, in, in a whole variety of ways, uh, ways of or a whole variety of topics. But, you know, listen, I, I, I believe in my truth. I believe in I'm right. I believe in Mother Nature. I believe in God. I believe how we, you know, we are created, uh, you know, perfectly. And we're not, we, you know, we, we don't have heart attacks because we're deficient in in uh, Crestor, Lipitor, Zocor, you know, uh, or, or aspirin or anything else or any kind of procedure. We well, have, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean we, I mean, you know, def- you know, we we uh, genetics are not a problem. Our problem is violations of eat well, live well, think well. That's what it is. It's violations of eat- eating well, of living well, and thinking well, and that causes the disease, caused my father to die, and causes you know unnecessary uh, early mortality in, in millions of people. Well, and and going back to genetics. You know, genetics doesn't change in, in two generations. And, and if you look at what's happened, Dr. Wolfson, over the last, you know, it's only been the last 40 or 50 years that we've really had the significant problems of metabolic health that we have. Um, you know, so genetics don't change in, 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 in a couple generations, um, but there is proof that maybe genetics don't change, but we can change the way our genes are expressed by, by how, how we control our lifestyle. And, and most of us just aren't doing it well. And I blame the medical um, industry um, for that because we are just, we're not taking the time to educate people about how important that is. And I will tell you, my wife and I, we both question our entire pharmacy education. I mean, it's hard not to, seriously. After the last four years, how could you not question it? And and I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think I have some colleagues that really are, they're stuck in a situation. Now, I say that loosely because we always have a choice. Um, I don't know how you could stay being a traditional pharmacist with ethics. I mean, how could you really do it ethically? And so either you throw the baby out with the bathwater or you just continue to close your eyes and, and just keep moving on and dispensing, collecting co-pays for insurance companies and dispensing poisons for big pharma. And that's what most pharmacists do. Yeah. You know, again, it's, you know, I talked about this in my book. I, I quoted from uh, Upton Sinclair, his book, The Jungle from the early 1900 Chicago stockyards. And the premise was, it's hard, this is the quote, it's hard to get a man to understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. It's hard to get a medical doctor or a <clears throat> pharmacist to understand the truth when their livelihood, their job depends on them not, you know, looking at that reality. So I think what you find is that uh, we all know that if you take a pharmacist and sit them down and really, um, or, or a medical doctor, and show them our perspective, if you were able to do that, you are going to change a lot of minds and make life very difficult for those people. So therefore, 
um, knowing that those people are not going to be involved in that kind of re-education process because they've got bills to pay, right? You got student loans, you got your you got your mortgage, you got your office space, your overhead, you got your you know your insurance. You know, you got all these things going on in your life. You know, your kids go to college. I mean, I, whatever whatever you know, money we need to do that keeps us from learning the truth. That's the problem, but. Um, you know, again, I think there, there are more and more of us who are awakening to the reality. I think what it usually happens, Sean, is that, um, you know, pharmacists see their own sickness and they're like, you know, what? I'm sick. I've got all these different things. I've got, I'm taking these drugs. I got the side effects. And then a lot of times the epiphany moment comes from either themselves or their family member. You know, you know, you're a pharmacist, you're dispensing uh, you know, vaccines. Somebody has a uh, you know a reaction or a side effect. You know, you know to the vaccine, and then you look at it and you're like, "Wait a second, what happened here?" And that's where the, the those changes happen. You know, for us individually, but you know, absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about. Uh, let's change gears a little bit and tell us a little bit about. Um, you have a passion for mountain biking, I guess. Well, you know, uh, I, what I have a passion for really is is the concept of the eat well, live well, think well. You know, so for example, for breakfast this morning, I just had a, a milkshake with uh, a raw dairy, uh, raw bison uh, liver, uh, a raw egg, and a little bit of raw honey. And that, you know, again, so this is all about the concept of eating well, eating the right foods, avoiding the wrong foods. Uh, but then you get into the, you know, the living well and living well are things like adequate sleep and going to sleep with the sun down and waking with the sunrise and watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, uh, getting that solar panel out in the sun. So you get the sleep sun, you get the circadian rhythms, you know, with that. And then also comes, you know, movement and physical activity. And to me, this is not about going to the gym and, you know, getting on a treadmill and running for 45 minutes at, you know, 5.6, you know, miles per hour at a 3% incline. It's about getting outside and getting in nature. And to that end, my favorite thing, getting outside into nature, I love hiking, but mountain biking is my my passion. My, fat, my, my two boys, my 16 and 11 year old, they're huge mountain bikers. And I think it's just uh, it, it just allows you to do so much, and it's so fun. And there's different uh, you know skill levels you know for everybody involved. Uh, it's really something I, I I definitely am am passionate about. But whatever whatever your passion is, it could be stand up paddleboarding or kayaking or hiking or you know playing tennis or you know pickleball or whatever it is. Just being active and moving, I think, is really uh, you know part of the secret sauce. Well, and that's one thing we talk about on our podcast. My my wife and I talk often about you know we don't even we don't even like call it exercise because it's so many people get scared of exercise, and it's a dirty word. So you know we we just talk about movement, and, and you know g- gyms are a relatively recent phenomenon. I mean you know honestly, in the eighties gyms weren't very popular. I mean it's really over the last 35, 40 years that gyms have become popular because. You know, back 50 years ago, there were hardly any gyms because, you know, people were outside working all day long. They didn't need to go to the gym. They were outside doing the things, the movement, the things you're talking about and getting sun sun all day long. Yeah, the, uh, you know, I kind of, now that you mentioned that, it kind of makes me think about when we were moving houses, 
uh, you know, several years ago and we were packing up stuff and the movers were there and the movers were, were, were uh, uh, me- uh, Mexican, uh, Mexican people or Mexican-Americans, but they were clearly of, you know, Hispanic, uh, you know, heritage. And here they are, they're moving boxes all day long. And they're just, again, it's a very physical demanding job. And one of the things that I have them move, I, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, I, I pack up my, my dumbbell set. And, and they take my dumbbell set. So here's like the white guy. He's got his dumbbell set that the Hispanics are, are picking up and like they're moving. And, they, and I have and I'm thinking to myself, they've got to be laughing at this. How? Yeah. How they're just physically active on the job. Our ancestors, they were hunters. They were gatherers. You pick up your kid and you carry him over there. You're you're you're. Uh, building shelter. You're just so busy and you're moving as opposed to let's go to the gym and let's pump out a bunch of weights. And, and, and maybe again, I, you know, we'll, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess, probably, and people like, you know, Jack LaLanne and some of those people again, early on, you know, in the seventies and how they're getting people to, you know, build muscle mass in the gyms. And of course, how you can make profit off of that. But, uh, and, and I will say one thing, if you are someone who does like to go to the gym or uses a trainer, talk to talk to the trainer and see if they can develop a program for you that also exists outside. So trying to use nature to help build muscle mass or even just getting outside and do push-ups, pull-ups, squats, lunges, uh, carrying weights and do, the, do that outdoors. I think the more you do that, the more time you spend out the, outdoors, the longer you live. I used to I used to uh, road bike and mountain bike out of a place in Chicago, Sean, and their place uh, on the on the window uh, of their of their store. It said, "There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that says a lot for Chicago because there's, there's, there's definitely some bad weather. But the point being. Yeah, is that hey? Listen, get dressed up. You know, we live in the mountains of Colorado, and uh, you know, a lot of the mornings we wake up and it's zero. And I could either, you know, if, if I want to get outside, I got to bundle up, I got to dress up. But I want to get my eyeballs in the sun. I want to get some kind of skin into the sun. Again, I want to hammer home that point of like the skin is you know solar panel, and back how that pertains to cholesterol and what would be perceived as elevated cholesterol levels. And like you said, <clears throat> um, it, the elevated cholesterol is a response to inflammation in the body. And the needs and the, and the desires of the body, like you said, hormone production or not. But what happens is, is that when we are not in the sun, cholesterol can go up and therefore vitamin D levels are down because cholesterol gets converted into vitamin D upon sun exposure. So elevated cholesterol, it, for many different reasons, is a sunshine deficiency syndrome, and the solution is when you get out to the sun and now your vitamin D levels go up, total cholesterol levels go down. Um, and that's, again, a very important, uh, easy and free, free proposition. Now, the other thing, too, is that if, uh, you know, again, we're getting into the wintertime time. You know, for for everyone here in the, in the uh, northern hemisphere, where therefore the 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 solar rays, the UVB rays, uh, will not be efficient, and we will not convert uh, cholesterol into vitamin D. And I think that's an opportunity for uh, maybe several different points. One is take a lot of vacations, or you know, or move move to you know Costa Rica or Aruba or somewhere in the south, you know, South Caribbean. Uh, those possibilities. Number two, take a lot of vacations. Number three, eat seafood and animal products, which of course are high in vitamin D, although it's not the same as the sun, at least you're getting the vitamin D uh, aspect of it. And then also you can get a UVB lamp and the UVB lamp help uh, converts uh, your cholesterol in your skin into vitamin D. And that's another kind of secret strategy for the, for the winter time. 
Those are all really good tips. Um, and I will tell you, you know, yesterday was like our first day of, it felt like fall. I mean, it felt like, like almost winter. And so we're headed to Las Vegas tomorrow and I'm glad. <laughs> well, one thing about Vegas though, and, and again, if you know, at, at this time of year, we're not going to get good vitamin D production. The problem with Vegas is that there's, uh, it, it just, everything is just so indoors. You oh, got to yeah. make a concerted effort to get outside, you know, in Vegas. But I also think too, it's kind of like this whole vacation thing. And I tell people for every five to seven weeks, you're in the cold, uh, that you go five to seven days in the warmth. And again, maybe that's, you know, Central America, Mexico, you know, uh, South Caribbean, um, uh, Hawaii, you know, something, I mean, uh, Many, many, many different places that one could do. And I also love the idea of like that future casting. I think it's good for the think well aspect, uh, having this kind of future trip plan. And that may be, you know, in two months, it may be in two years, but always having something to look forward in the future. I think it's very mentally uh, you know, stimulating for us just to have, uh, you know, just like some good things that are planned. And uh, I think it's, again, just good for our, our psyche, which, uh, you know, again, and we talk about, we all talk about food and we talk about lifestyle, but we forget about the think well component. And the think well component is equally, if not more important right. than the other two aspects. And it's just, it's, again, it's another thing that we're not, of course, trained in our, in our professional education. You got to learn that all afterwards. And it's just, it's common sense. It, it is. And that common sense isn't so common anymore. No, no. I mean, and, and to say like the doctors lost the common sense, it's just from day one, we're not, we, we're, we're not even trained in, in common sense, you know, beliefs. We're just trained in the, in the pharma model. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. So tell us about your book, The Paleo Cardiologist. Yeah, so I do a lot of bashing in there uh, about uh, about uh, you know pharmaceuticals, uh, and again, just there's over 300 studies uh, in the book. Uh, I start off with chapter one. It's called uh, "Cholesterol is King" because I want everyone to know how important cholesterol is, what it does, uh, and, and how it functions. And then number two, uh, in chapter two, then we start getting into particle numbers, particle sizes, and the numbers that you really need to know. And you know, I, I quickly go on to establish that you know really the most important thing that we're looking at from a marker standpoint are markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. Um, because it doesn't matter what your lipid numbers are, if your inflammation and oxidative stress are under control, you're at much, much, much uh, you know, lower risk. And then we talk about nutrition and lifestyle. So it's not just about the paleo diet. It's about the paleo lifestyle. It's about that whole concept of eat well, live well, think well, test, don't guess, evidence-based supplements, and then uh, you know, getting into some of the biohacking strategies as well. And um, you know, again, the book, uh, you know, was written 10 years ago and the, and the tenets are all still true today as they were 10 years ago. But I think, uh, listen, you know, your, your knowledge is much more advanced than it was 10 years ago. Mine certainly is. So a lot more updated information could also be found on the naturalheartdoctor.com website. Awesome. So um, as we wind this podcast up, Dr. Wolfson, um, if you could sum up, <clears throat> sum up in, in two sentences, the best way to stay healthy, what would it be? Eat well, live well, think well, and work with uh, holistic practitioners. Awesome. I love it. So um, I, I thank you for being on our podcast today. And our goal, as always, is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And I think you've helped us realize that goal. So I appreciate you. Hang on um, after after we finish this podcast. I want to chat to you, chat with you just a few minutes. And, and listeners and viewers. Thank you for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in to our regularly scheduled podcast uh, Monday. 
1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for listening to Health Solutions. Thank you.